Good afternoon and welcome to the 330 Sports Show. My name is Justin Kaufman. Today is Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. Uh, on our show today, we are going to, uh, on the second part of our show, we are going to have Penguin football players, uh, a wide receiver duo. We're going to have Bryce Oliver and Max Tomzak join us on the show. Uh, also, we are going to uh, talk about... Um, uh, if you're a Steeler fan, you're very happy today. If you're a Browns fan, uh, it's, it's a, it's a very sad day for multiple reasons, but the Browns Steelers Monday night game last night, we'll get into that in just a minute. We'll talk news and notes from the weekend. We'll talk a little Ohio state Buckeyes and, um, get into the YSU game from this weekend, uh, towards the end of the show before we bring in our guests. So let's start off with the Browns, and these were my uh, keys to the game heading into the Steelers week two. Get the Pittsburgh monkey off our backs. We haven't won there in the regular season since 03. Didn't accomplish that. Um, weren't able to start 2-0 and since 93. The Browns also have not won back-to-back divisional games since 2014, so that storyline unfortunately continues. Uh, the Browns defense, however, though, very dominant in this game outside of one um, busted coverage, did a very, very, very good job overall. And I'll get into some of those numbers here in a minute. Um, we all know uh, the Nick Chubb injury, and I'm not going to talk about it too much uh, except for um, the, you know, we, we know Nick Chubb was the, the heart and soul of this team. The Browns still ran it very well. Nick Chubb did a great job when he was in before the injury. Uh, Jerome Ford comes in and and has a pretty nice game off the bench. Uh, so, you know, just just a terrible injury last night. And, you know, I, I'm sick to my stomach about it. Just uh, unfortunate that uh, anyone has to go through that. Um, Deshaun Watson. Uh, did not play well last night. We'll get into that in a minute. And Dewan Jones replacing Jack Conklin. Uh, they they just overall as an offensive line, I don't think did a very good job last night versus the Steelers defense. So basically to recap week two, the Browns had four turnovers and it's just unacceptable. So six turnovers in the first two games, uh, three of them fumbles last night. One of them, an interception to start the game like literally a pick six to start the game, which, uh, you know, is, is setting the Steelers up for success, especially when their offense did not do much. Uh, and the first interception, maybe not on Deshaun Watson, but not the greatest throw, but not the worst throw, or, you know, still wasn't the best throw. And Harrison Bryant could have done a better job reeling that in. The offense allowed more points than the defense last night. That is how crazy of a game this was last night. They gave up that pick six and a sack scoop and score with um, T.J. Watt, which you knew he was going to be a factor. But listen to some of these numbers. This is just just some crazy stats. If I told you the Browns uh, would have 408 total yards to Pittsburgh's 255, you're probably like, oh, it's a comfortable you know, 10, 13-point win. But uh, the Browns ran it, for t- uh, ran it for 200 yards, threw it for 200 yards, and, uh, you know, still lost this game. The Steelers had 200 passing and only 55 yards rushing. And 200 of those, uh, or I'm sorry, about 85 of those passing yards came on one play. 
So overall did not do much. Pittsburgh had nine first downs in the entire game, and they had two turnovers as well and seven punts, and they still won this game. And to me, this is the craziest stat of the night. Pittsburgh had seven, or excuse me, negative seven yards total in the fourth quarter, but still set, uh, scored seven points because of that scoop and score in the fourth quarter. And uh, just really unfortunate for the Browns because the defense did everything to win that game. So basically, in summary, the Browns have a great defense through the first two weeks, but a lot of work to do on offense. And we all know the Nick Chubb injury. He is, you could say, if not the best running back in the league, the second best running back in the league. Um, But how are they going to rally behind his injury? What are they going to do? So, you know, not just what he did, but the heart and soul of this team quiet leader, but it's just absolutely awful. But on the season, uh, he, you know, only had 10 carries in this game, but, uh, but, you know, basically every time you give it to him, it's basically five yards Uh, and, and just unfortunate to lose just such a bell cow for the Cleveland Browns and their offense. So what are the Browns going to do? To replace him, you you have Jerome Ford, you have Pierre Strong, um, you probably have John Kelly in the practice squad. I have to check on that. But uh, free agency targets: Do you bring back a familiar face, Kareem Hunt? Do you bring in J.D. McKissick, Trey Sermon, Leonard Fournette? Do you trade for Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, somebody else like that? Uh, a lot of big names out there still, but you know, no one's going to be able to replace Nick Chubb. But can you know the Browns get eighty to ninety percent of what he was in a uh, platoon unit, uh, possibly? So it's that remains to be seen. But you know we all wish Nick Chubb the very best. It, it's a gruesome injury, and uh, it, it reminded me honestly of the two thousand two national championship game uh, between Ohio State and Miami when uh, Willis McGahee's knee basically did the same thing. He ended up coming back fairly strong and and having a nice NFL career. But Nick Chubb, you know, kind of midway through his NFL career. And I just wish him all the best, not just to get back to health to play football, but just in general and hope this uh, heals well. And, you know, just I don't know. (laughs) We just wish him all the best. Uh, Going on to Deshaun Watson, he has struggled. There, there's no denying that uh, he it's it's not a physical thing. It, it seems to be a mental thing with him. Uh, but 38 for 69 so far in the season, 55 percent. That's not good enough. Uh, 389 yards, which is about 195 yards per game. He does have 11 carries for 67 yards, a touchdown on this season. Did uh, have that fumble last night as well. And also two touchdowns to two interceptions. This is a guy that's normally a three to one touchdown to interception ratio guy. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, You know, you can't blame it on Rust anymore, but he's got to figure it out. And, you know, the Steelers do deserve a lot of credit. They have a great defense, um, but not good enough. Deshaun Watson has to be better. And if the Browns simply don't turn the ball over last night, they, they win comfortably. So, you know, it's, it's a frustrating thing 
um, I woke up kind of sick to my stomach and you know, I'm sure, you know, Steeler fans, um, are, are, are very happy today as they should be their team won. Uh, but Browns fans, we, we know this feeling all too well and it's, it's, it's kind of, it, it sucks. Let's just put it that way. Um, I will give the Steelers fans a lot of credit. They did, uh, you know, give a nice round of applause or seemed to be pretty classy from what uh, it sounded like in the stadium. So, uh, hats off to them for that. Um, so we'll just move on from there. So here's uh, the AFC North. Browns, you know, are one and one, uh, also one and one in the division. The Bungles struggle and go to zero and two. Um, they did not look right against the the Ravens, who are now two and zero. The Ratbirds will uh, host the Colts on Sunday, and they'll be favored heavily in that game, probably by at least. Uh, I would think by six or more. Uh, and then the, uh, the Steelers, they will uh, play next Sunday night at Las Vegas. So uh, they are one and one. So the Browns and the Steelers both at one and one. Baltimore at the top two and oh. And Cincinnati, uh, the division favorite at the beginning of the year, is 0 oh and two, sitting at the bottom of the AFC North. Uh, looking at the Browns' schedule, what's coming next? Uh, you know, we got the win, big win against the Bengals a gutting loss last night for multiple reasons. Uh, but the season is not over. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of football to be played 15 more games. Uh, and you got two home games with a bye week, actually three consecutive home games coming up with, uh, a bye mixed in there. So you got to split these games. Um, ideally going two and O would be, would be great, but you move on to the Titans you try to get that win and then uh, see what happens after that. But, uh, you know, the Browns, hopefully they can rally behind this Nick Chubb injury, uh, you know, and 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 move on and, and, and get better. Um, you know, they're not going to be able to replace him. But if the defense can play well, if Deshaun Watson can get back on track and the offense can just hold on to the football, they should be fine. All right, so looking at week two, Joe is killing it on his picks this week. So Joe was 12-4 and four this week to go to 23-9 and nine on the season. I split and I went 8-8, eight and eight, 500, uh, and I am 17-5 and five on the season. So we'll, we'll make our picks on Thursday, and these are straight-up picks. Uh, but still, a lot of upsets in, in week, uh, week two and hard to figure out some teams right now. So that's what we're looking at at week two. Uh, and our the standings in the AFC through two weeks. Look at the look at the uh, you know the whole divisions. Like there's only two two and O teams in the AFC. That being the Miami Dolphins and the uh, Baltimore Rat Ratbirds. So uh, you know there there's a lot of um, room to grow. There's a lot of room to move and improve here. So a lot of uh, a lot of possibilities for a lot of different teams, but you look at some of these surprise teams: the Chargers, zero and two, uh, and you know the, the Chiefs, one and one. But there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of movement that's going to happen. But uh, there's a lot of possibilities open for a lot of these teams in the NFC. Look at the NFC East; they are seven and one as a, a division so far. And look at the uh, NFC South. 
they are six and two with Carolina being zero and two, but the rest of the teams being two and zero. So uh, that is where we stand through two weeks. Let's move on to the Ohio State Buckeyes. They had a phenomenal, phenomenal performance on Saturday, getting things back on track. Uh, 63 to 10 over Western Kentucky, who Western Kentucky coming into this had the number one ranked pass offense in the entire country. But Kyle McCord goes 19 to 23, named the full-time starter, 318 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Travion Henderson uh, is starting to get a little bit more carries, getting ramped up for that Notre Dame game. 13 carries, 88 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Our two stud receivers, Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka um, combined for about uh, nine catches and about about 180 yards and four touchdowns on the day. Cade Stover, five catches, 90 yards. Chip Treonum, uh, five carries, 57 yards, one touchdown. And Carnell Tate, the true freshman, two catches, 40 yards and a touchdown. But uh, the Ohio State defense deserves a ton of credit in this game. Um Western, <clears throat> excuse me, Western Kentucky is not known for their defense, uh, but they are known for their offense. And this is a team that uh, beat up South Florida, who uh, really played tough with Alabama. They, this is a team that uh, has won nine games the past uh, several years and probably will be right up there to win their conference, Conference USA. So uh, this is not a bad Western Kentucky team, but the, the Buckeyes nearly um, actually did basically double them up, 562 to 284 in total yardage. They held Western Kentucky to 3.9 yards per play, 3 of 16 on third down. They forced four turnovers, two of them which led directly to scores. Tommy Eichenberg had nine tackles, Steel Chambers, the the linebacking core, uh, Steel Chambers had four tackles and one pick. And the defense, like I said, held that number one passing offense to 204 yards passing on 39 attempts, which is awesome. So that brings up uh, the biggest game of the year thus far for Ohio State, a top 10 matchup. Ohio State will travel to South Bend, Indiana to take on the Fighting Irish. Ohio State, four in the coaches poll. I believe they are six in the AP poll currently, but uh, the Buckeyes go in as three and a half point favorites. These are the lines that came out on Monday. the over-under for the game is 54 and a half. Uh, so this game will be on NBC at 7.30. And as I said, at Notre Dame Stadium. So let's take a look at Kyle McCord, what he's done so far. Now, this is a guy that got a lot of, basically, a lot of crap at the beginning of the season. But this, uh, this is a guy that, if he puts it all together, he is a, is hopefully going to uh, stay right in that lineage of Ohio State quarterbacks. But uh, completion uh, completion percentage of basically 70% on the season, 53 of 76. Uh, he's averaging about 271.6 yards per game. He has six touchdowns to that one interception uh, on the season. The best player in the country, in my opinion, Marvin Harrison Jr., 14 catches on the year, 304 yards. That's good for about 101 yards per game. He's averaging about 22 yards a catch and has three touchdowns on the season. Emeka Ibuka, maybe the second best wide receiver in the country. 12 catches for 147 yards, three touchdowns, and 14 yards a catch for this guy. And then the running backs on the season. 
Uh, it's kind of what I think they're they're trying to do is make Travion Henderson kind of the bell cow running back, but he is more of your explosive, big time distance uh, running backs uh, to kind of see a hole, get through it, and explode and see what happens. But thirty carries for about two hundred yards, four touchdowns, and six and a half yards per carry. Chip Trayonum, I think, is your backup running back right now. Uh, Nineteen carries, one hundred and thirty-three yards, one touchdown, and seven yards of carry. And then Mayan Williams, I think, is going to be that goal line back for the Buckeyes. Uh, Eighteen carries, seventy-three yards. Not impressive yards per carry, but that's because he's used in short yardage situations and goal line packages. Has two touchdowns on the season. All right, let's move on to the YSU Penguins before we bring on our guests. So, uh, YSU moves to 2-1 and one on the season with a 48-28 win over Robert Morris. Uh, guest of the show, Mitch Davidson, 21 of 25, 339 yards, one touchdown, had an interception, uh, but also had uh, five carries uh, for 42 yards and another touchdown on the ground. Another uh, running back on the show that was on the show on Thursday, last Thursday, Dre Rushton, had 14 carries, 55 yards, two touchdowns, one reception for 14 yards, and fellow backfield mate Tyshawn King had 12 carries for 117 yards, three touchdowns, and also had a catch for 19 yards. Uh, Both of them obviously combined for five touchdowns between Rushton and King, and uh, King was named the newcomer of the week in uh, the Missouri Valley Football Conference. So congratulations to him on that. If we take a look at YSU's schedule, they are going to be off this week on a bye week, but they knocked off Valparaiso. Obviously, you got the loss against Ohio State, but not a big deal there. Move on. You get uh, Robert Morris. You take care of business there. Now they will go on the road after this bye week and take on Northern Iowa. I think that is a game. Now, that's a place they've struggled in the past, but Northern Iowa is a game that should be on the schedule, should be uh, a victory for the Penguins, in my opinion. Uh, And then Southern Illinois, another ranked opponent, uh, on the Penguins' schedule, and and you know their their schedule is not easy, so we'll just put it that way. But uh, YSU has a lot of stuff in front of it. Uh, let's take a look at the rankings. <laughs> two of their conference foes, number one and number two in the poll, South Dakota State and North Dakota State, and then also on there, um, let's see, you got Southern Illinois at thirteen, you got North Dakota at fourteen, uh, you have. Um, YSU sitting there at number 24. So a lot of teams from the Missouri Valley in the top 25 this week. And YSU is going to keep creeping up there. And uh, hopefully they can take um, care of business at Northern Iowa in uh, about 12 days or so from now. So let's talk about our guests on the show today. We're going to be joined here in just a minute by Bryce Oliver, uh, number zero, the wide receiver, uh, transferred in from Kentucky, and then wide receiver Max Tomzak, number four, will be joining our uh, show here in just a minute. So uh, Bryce on the season, 17 catches for 210 yards, had 10 touchdowns last season and over 800 yards receiving, and then Max uh, doing a great job, had that huge catch against Ohio State 
down the field on a long third down, uh, but five catches for 87 yards on the season. And these guys are just getting better and better uh, each game. So uh, we're going to talk to Max and Bryce here in just a minute. So uh, stay tuned for that and appreciate you guys watching. Make sure to follow the 330 Sports Show on social media. Make sure to follow Youngstown Studio as well on social media. We'll talk to you guys in just a minute, but stay tuned for our guests, Max and Bryce, and uh, we'll be right here on the 330 Sports Show. 